The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big. Win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. What's going on, everybody? My name is Noah Beanick. You can find me at on Twitter at 77NB. That is the word 70 and number 7NB. But today, this is a college baseball betting podcast. But today, I feel the need to open up the podcast with the news that um, James Madison has canceled the rest of their softball season following the death of their sophomore catcher, Lauren Burnett, on Monday April 25th, and I just wanted to take a moment of silence in memory and respect to her and in our college ball community. So yeah, I know that was a very touching uh, scene um, with what had happened and what we had saw that had happened on the Twitter or in the Twitter community for softball and baseball. James Madison, normally a very good softball school, and I have uh, one of my sister's softball teammates actually went there for her freshman and sophomore year and then transferred out, so I believe, and she was a pitcher, so um, I believe they were pretty close with each other, um, and I wanted to do that at the beginning of the podcast. They're not having a a typical character, they're having an uncharacteristic uh, season so far, they're 21 and 21. Um, and they called the halt to the season because basically the CAA won't even let them compete in the conference tournament. So um, out of respect to Lauren, uh, their season has come to a close. And with that, I want to open up the college baseball experience, um, the better side of college baseball. Let's get into what our podcast is going to include today. I will recap last weekend's lineup of uh, games that I gave out bets on. I will then um, talk about news and notes from the weekend. And then we're going to bring on uh, from the SGPN DGEN dugout, the Oregon State representative, as we know him, Dryden Scott. And his real last name is Richmuth. So... You'll hear a very good interview from him. He knows a ton about his Oregon State Beavers as they take on the Oregon Ducks in the Civil War throughout this week. So let's get into this weekend lineup recap. The first game we had on our weekend lineup, we had Virginia Tech playing against Virginia. Uh, Virginia Tech won Friday's game by a score of 5-2, and they won a very closely contested series throughout the whole weekend against Virginia. I was on Virginia for that Friday game and the series, so 0-2 there. Then the second series, we had Tennessee, the number one team in the nation, taking on Auburn, the number 19th team in the nation. Tennessee on Friday scored 15 runs in the 7th and 8th inning to win the game 17-4. So I picked Tennessee to win that game, and I picked them to win the series. So 
2 and 0 there, 2 and 2 on the day so far. It was not a positive day. It was actually one of my worst days on podcast records so far this season. So, getting into the meat of things here. Um, number three, the third series that we covered was Coastal Carolina at Georgia Southern. This was a series that I was very afraid would be close, and I was on the wrong side on Friday as the Chanticleers went on and took the series on the road at Georgia Southern as well. So I went 0-2 there. Um, the fourth series that we covered, Florida State, they beat TCU on Friday 10 to nothing, and then one on Saturday 7 to three, and then in Sunday on Sunday they had some rain, so that game was canceled. Florida State was more desperate, and they won the non-conference series like I predicted, two and zero there. Um, in the five spot, we covered LSU hosting Georgia. I had LSU winning game one and the series, but I predicted a two to one score in the series and that Georgia would win game two. That's exactly how it played out. LSU won game one by a score of six to two and edged out a victory on Sunday to win the series in Baton Rouge. I went two and zero in that series as well. Um, Our sixth series that we covered was Oklahoma State against Texas. I predicted a sweep but for the wrong team. Texas lost on Friday 8-6, and they lost the series in very convincing fashion in favor of the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. The seventh series that we covered on the podcast was UCF against Tulane. UCF beat Tulane 2-1 on Friday in a great game, and every game of the series was a nail-biter. UCF came out on top. Uh, so I went 0-2 in this series. UCF is now one game back of East Carolina for first place in the American Conference. Uh, the eighth series that we covered was in the Big West. UCSB took the series from Cal Poly. They, Cal Poly, uh, the Mustangs, were my second favorite dog play of the week, but they fell short in all three games of the series, and unfortunately on Friday they lost in the 11th frame. So I went 0-2 there, and what we learned from that series was basically that UCSB is the class of the Big West, and they don't really have a challenge for the rest of the year. Um, the ninth and final series that we covered in depth was Central Michigan at Ball State. Um, now, this one really stunned me. Uh, I'm very surprised by the outcome of this one because my boys at Central Michigan got swept. They lost all four games to the Cardinals. Kudos to the Cards. Um, let's hear from our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's bet $10, win $200 promotion, where a $10 bet qualifies you up for $200 in free bets. Plus, the WinBet Casino is offering 100% deposit bonus to $1,000. And, of course, don't forget to get involved in their same-game parlays with the Win's own build-your-own-bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a 3-plus leg build-your-own-bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for some of mine. 
It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNMLB and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNMLB. When you deposit, join SGPN squad to bet with the guys. SG.PN slash squad. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. Again, our promo code there is SGPMLB. I just wanted to make sure I said that correctly um, to make sure I didn't screw that up. Okay, so we just went through our weekend lineup. Now let's touch on our news and notes from the weekend here. Um, It was actually pretty light in my opinion um on the news and notes side again not a big surprise but tennessee series dominated the news from the weekend auburn was tennessee's best competition all year sure bama beat the vols but they got blown out in on saturday and sunday Auburn was winning game one going into the seventh inning. Then Tennessee's offense exploded for seven home runs in the seventh and eighth inning to beat them 17-4. But the Tigers bounced back and won the Saturday uh, contest courtesy of a late home run to take the lead, including a great uh, pitching performance by the team. And on Sunday, Joe Gonzalez did great too for the Tigers. Auburn is a team that I have a newfound confidence in because they can make it to Omaha with this pitching staff that they have. Now, watch me say that, and then they get swept by Arkansas this upcoming weekend. Um, Exciting news may be in the works uh, for the college baseball experience with that series in this next episode here. Um, But either way, gritty performance by War Eagle in Knoxville this weekend. Um, Burkhalt with his hamstring and Hayden Mullins, they both exited on Friday's uh, game from the mound. Hopefully both of them are okay. Um, but either way, uh, they they start four guys, um, a little bit of a four-man rotation for Auburn. So I still have plenty of confidence if Mullen's arm injury is serious and might keep him out for a longer period of time. This may be crazy, but Tennessee looked really good and maybe even played their best baseball of this weekend or best baseball this weekend so far throughout the whole year. Tony Vitello even trotted out Ben Joyce for a long relief opportunity this weekend. Joyce threw a pitch at 105-something miles an hour, and it was the second fastest pitch ever thrown in baseball competition, only behind Aroldis Chapman, who is uh, what is one of the most hardest-throwing MLB closers in 
in history. <laughs> like like I just said, he had the hardest MLB pitch, fastest MLB pitch in history. Um, what is crazy is that Vitello came out and said in a press conference that he he could see Joyce starting games down the stretch here. Imagine Joyce as a fifth starter in a regional if Val, if Tennessee needs him. That's absolutely ridiculous because this already this team already has four dominant power starting pitchers, <coughs> and Dolander uh, looks to be uh, making strides to getting back to 100%. On Tuesday for Tuesday's game, he will not start, but he will come in in a short relief appearance. So that's good news for him. Also, one last thing from the series that I feel like I have to touch on which was dominated, uh, this dominated the college baseball headlines in the college baseball world this weekend. On Saturday night, Auburn's Bobby Pierce hit a go-ahead uh, go three-run home run. His bat flip took flight and takes a couple of perfect bounces on the Tennessee turf until it lands right up against the volunteer dugout. And head coach Tony Vitello takes exception to it. Now, he picked up the bat and tossed it back at the Auburn dugout, and some tempers flared. Now, mind you, this is a coach that loves to promote this brand of baseball, and coming from the team with a daddy hat and fur coat as home run celebrations, and after sweeping Florida last weekend, the team was found posting pictures wearing Gators football helmets that they found as as a troll job. Um, it's very hypocritical coming from these guys, if you know what I mean. So that's just my opinion on it. I texted Vince Ferreira about the situation because it just seems like Vitello and his boys are always stirring up some drama in the SEC. So I figured I'd go to a primary source about it. And he said, um, the bat flip was a big part of it. It sparked the players coming out of their dugouts, but I think there was some talking prior to the moment. And then today, I think both teams thought the other was tipping pitches throughout the series. There was some chirping after the game. It's SEC baseball. It's always a tense, intense. And then I texted back. That's why we love the game. Thank you, Vince. Of course, um, I will use him as a source if I uh, need anything Tennessee baseball related. But, uh, yeah, he said uh, it's SEC baseball, and that's along the lines of a snarky comment that I loved from Vitello after the moment in a press conference after Saturday's loss. He goes, it's the SEC. We all want to win. And that just sums up Tennessee's season so far. They're 40-4. and four. There's nothing wrong with this team. They're doing everything correctly, and maybe they're peaking at the wrong time. So we turn to some other news uh, from the series, the weekend lineup that we covered. Virginia Tech and Virginia both impressed me so much in this series that they played this past weekend. Even though the Cavs lost the series, I felt like they were never out of it in any of the games, and their pitching held up enough against Virginia Tech's stellar lineup. Um, Virginia Tech is a great hitting team, 
and their pitching really performed this weekend. Uh, that was another thing that impressed me. Both teams, Virginia is a little bit more balanced, and the balance sways more stronger on the hitting side than the pitching. This weekend, against a really good hitting team, they impressed me. Um, the Cavaliers pitching staff did against the Hokies, and Virginia Tech did just enough to win two of the three games. A ton of respect for that club over there in Blacksburg. Also, I have to touch on this one because I predicted a Longhorn sweep, and it went the complete other way. Oklahoma State looks to be a better team. Um, They look to be a better team this weekend than everybody else in the country besides Oregon State and Tennessee. Um, I say that because I wasn't sold on Victor Merderos um, coming in prior to this weekend. He left the game in, in mid-start due to an oblique injury. I hope he makes a full recovery, but the best-case scenario is for the Pokes that this is a blessing in disguise to get his 7-plus ERA out of the starting rotation for the weekend. Um, Wilmer, Faltzacker, he's another funky arm angle guy that I'm wanting to adopt to my... Uh, my club here that I'm starting because as you guys know, um, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts that I've recorded on here, I am a college pitcher myself and I use a uh, sort of a three quarter sidearm submarine arm slot, um, when I pitch myself. So I love watching these guys play, uh, at the highest level. So he has a good low nineties fastball with wicked off speed. You absolutely love to see that from the pokes. Now, into some conference news. The American took a tumble. Um, they're just beating each other up, and they look to be a one-big league. Um, the Big West, they really needed Cal Poly to win that series against UCSB to hope for two game, two teams in the tournament, but it looks like they're going to be a one-bid league as well. Conference USA is looking very good. Louisiana Tech coming off a series win against Old Dominion. UTSA keeps winning, and they have a good win against Stanford in their back pocket. And Southern Miss even coming off of a loss here this weekend. Uh, They are still in good position to at least host a regional, and I don't know if they do get back into the national host conversation, Uh, into the top eight seeds, but you never know. One unfortunate piece of news that I have to report is that NC State's Tommy White was injured uh, during the weekend series. He fell on his shoulder on a defensive play, and he did not play on Sunday. Oh boy, because this NC State team desperately needs him because I feel like he's one of the best bats in the country and uh, I feel like college baseball needs the guy because he had such a hot start to the season and everybody nicknamed him Tommy Tanks. We just need this guy to be healthy and in the NCAA tournament this year. Um, Last thing, this is a cool stat um, and it has me thinking some big brain things here like some um I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but according to Jeremy Mills of D1 Baseball and ESPN.com, there are .93 home runs being hit per game this season, and that is the highest total per game since the BB Core era began in 2011. So what that's telling me is that one, probably the more likely reason, is that kids are still getting bigger 
faster, stronger, and better than the previous years. Um, I lean towards that as being the main indiction of it. But last year, you guys know, I know quite a bit of guys on the Central Michigan baseball team. And they were telling me that the baseball that they were using in the regional was a completely different baseball than what they were using during MAC conference play. Um, and it showed because they hit seven home runs all regular season, seven. And they jump into the conference, or not the conference, they jump into the NCAA tournament. They play um, Notre Dame, it was, they played Michigan, and I don't know if they played UConn, but then they played Notre Dame again in the regional final. And in the total of four or I think it was five games that they played, they hit 11 home runs. They hit more home runs in one weekend than they did all season. Now that tells me that there are a, there is a different baseball being used, at least in the postseason. But maybe it's as much as to say that it's a different baseball being used in the power conferences than in the mid-majors. Now... That's some big brain stuff and some wicked NCAA stuff that only they would be able to pull. But you never know, dude. So with that being said, I want to get to this Dryden conversation about Oregon State. But before that, um, let's hear from Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for, for them. Expert Tasted Coffee Trades Coffee team actually taste test thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade's first match guarantee, Trade is so confident that they'll match you with your first time, uh, they'll match you right the first time, that if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and let Trade find you a coffee that you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. And don't forget about Mother's Day coming up. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lovers in your life. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 today. All you're doing is investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now let's get to this interview with Dryden. All right, alrighty. So I have a very special guest that I'm welcoming on to the podcast today. He is a member of the College Baseball Experience DGen Dugout, representing Oregon State. Dryden Scott. You can follow him at on Twitter at Dryden Scott. That is D R Y D E N Scott S G. Dryden, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good myself. Let's talk about some Oregon State baseball, shall we? Let's do it. So let's start with legendary head coach, Pat Casey. He turns down bigger and better head coaching opportunities to build this absolutely absolute factory of a baseball program in Corvallis, Oregon. Casey led the Beavers to six Omaha's won three college world series, including in his last year, something that coach K for Duke could not do um, winning in his farewell tour. What does Casey mean to your area Beavs fans? And was there any uncertainty after he left? Dude, Coach Casey, he's uh, an absolute legend around Corvallis. Um, and that's something that, uh, you know, is a lot of fan bases have their guy. Uh, I mean, you can get behind that. But, uh, you know, he's Saban at Alabama or, you know, Bear Bryant before him. And, um, yeah, you already mentioned Coach Gay and all that. But, it's you know, when you, when you come from a smaller program, relatively speaking, a smaller um, geography, geographical region, uh, you know, the West Coast, people just don't really care uh, about sports in general, which is too bad because we've got some great talent out here on the West Coast. Uh, but I think that makes it e- mean even more uh, when, you, when you have a guy that has this much success. Um, and it, it wasn't always pretty. You know, it's people don't people don't really realize he started in, you know, the, the end of the 90s, <laughs> you know, early 2000s. They were rough going yeah. when he first got on campus. Um, and so, you know, how he's been able to, to transport this program, uh, not only just for Oregon State University, but for the entire Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, it, it's they're they're honoring him um, on Saturday when they when they they face off against the Ducks. Um, and it's super fitting because like you're not Duck fans, he is the daddy of Oregon <laughs> baseball. Uh, the Ducks got rid of their program in, in 81. And uh, they due to budget cuts, they weren't doing well. It wasn't making any money, so they just were cowards and gave up on it. And uh, you know, Oregon State just kept putting one front foot in front of the other, and uh, ended up winning back-to-back national championships. So after you know, Beavers were able to do that, the uh, the Ducks got together and said, you know what, we gotta if they can do it, we can do it too. And so they're trying. They are not there yet, but. Uh, but yeah, it's what what he's been able to do for the entire state of Oregon, and now the Ducks are relevant again in baseball, and that's that's a, a huge shout out to Pat Casey and what he's done. So yeah. it's it's not just it's not just Corvallis, it's everyone in the state of Oregon. Yeah, 
I appreciate like how active you are in our uh, Slack channel. Um, guys, if you want to join it, we will have a link at the bottom of the description for this podcast. We're in there. A ton of uh, SGPN DGENs are talking college baseball. There's also channels for the MLB and a bunch of different sports. Um, but yes, uh, Dryden is one of our most active guys, and I appreciate him coming in with a bunch of analysis for Oregon State. But uh, the one thing that I always say is I'm, I'm a bandwagon Beavers fan, and that's basically because because their athletic program is built around baseball. And that does not happen a ton around the country. And a lot of that has to do with Pat Casey. Absolutely. Yeah. So coming into this year, Oregon State was viewed as the second or sometimes the third best team in the Pac-12 behind Stanford, Arizona, or UCLA. They have since emerged as the, the number two team in the country via D1 Baseball's top 25 rankings. We knew the Beaver pitching staff would be good, but we've seen we've been surprised by this team's hitting so far this season. So, Dryden, how would you assess this season's performance so far for the, for the Beavers? Oh, uh, dude, they they are so damn good. <laughs> you really, I've watched <laughs> I've watched damn near every game this season, and uh, you know, work permitting, when I can't, some of these midweek games are kind of hard to catch, but but I just am continually impressed by what this team has been able to do. Um, you know, and I think the big thing is because they have so many freshmen. I don't think, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that. Um, but you have, I mean, you get these guys that get drafted every single year. So it's, it's hard to hang on to them for an extended period of time. So a lot of your bulk is freshmen and sophomores. Um, and so it's been really, really fun to see, um, not only how they develop, um, but, but you said, you know, there was a lot of expectation coming into the season. I think we're all kind of blown away by what we actually were able to see. And that's because we're all freshmen. We don't know what we're getting out of some of these kids that they come in just real red hot. Yeah. Hitting, hitting so incredibly well. Um, you know, we, we knew what we had in our, in our pitching staff. But even then, two of our top three guys went out with injuries. You know, Fennings is finally working his way back. But we're not going to see Frisch, uh, unfortunately, at all this season. Um, but the guys that have stepped up behind him have done a tremendous job and they're all getting better and better and better as the season is going on, which is, I think the most fun thing as, as a, as a true, you know, diehard Beaver fan is watching these guys get better each and every day. And um, I think this last weekend watching uh, against the last game, was fun seeing uh, uh, Trotsky come in and they sat down Bizano who started every single game this year and, and, uh, you know, Cannon had the, the, uh, the wherewithal to sit him down and say, you know, you take a break, take a day off, regroup, because he's been in a slump. And Trossi yeah. came up and delivered. Another freshman just stepping up and taking over. Just the little things that make a baseball team work, you know. Uh, yeah. Jacob K. Matz has been a guy that's really surprised me so far this year. And you mentioned it, the injuries to Jake Fennings and Will Frisch, who was the number two and the number three starter in this weekend rotation that was supposed to be one of the best in the West Coast. And it still kind of is. And part of that is because of K. Matz. He's 8-0 on the year with a 3-11 ERA, 49 strikeouts to only 12 walks. What can you say about the job that K. Matz has done so far for the season for these beeves? Well, first of all, Kamats, put some respect on the man's name. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I don't have Pac-12 Network, so I don't get to listen to these dang games, you know? All right. Well, before I answer your question, what y'all <laughs> got to do, because everybody has the radio, get a, get a radio app and go on. Uh, it's like an uh, you know, tune radio app, and you yeah. can get the local radio here. And Mike Parker 
the best man. If he was in like major league baseball, he'd be a, a hall of famer. Like he's the best, best announcer I've ever listened to in my life. You learn so much from listening to him. Portland baseball uh, team coming in 2025 for the MLB. What's that? Is there a Portland baseball team coming in like say 2025 for the MLB? Is he going to be their radio guy? No, hell no. I doubt <laughs> Beaver for life. Portland, Portland just doesn't support teams. I would be shocked. I'd be shocked. <laughs> It'd be fun, but I, I, I doubt it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta tune into Mike. I sometimes I don't even watch the game because Pac-12 network sucks. And uh, yeah. you, the, you, you would have a better production crew from like a junior hire with an iPhone out there trying to do like a class project or something than some of this uh, Pac-12 crew. That's hilarious. They will just ground together. So I, uh, I mostly just listen to Mike. He was a kids involved in, in letting you, the fans know, you know, what's going on in the interest of this team. But, um, but yeah, to Matt, dude, he, uh, he's one of those guys that I talked about where when, you know, Frisch was out and we were kind of getting a little down, but, you know, maybe this isn't going to be as great as we thought it was going to be. And, uh, you know, he didn't start off super great. Some of those first outings he had, I was not impressed at all. Uh-huh. Um, and just and then uh, Fennings went down almost immediately too, and I was like, "Well, man, it's just counting down the days to get Fennings back so we can push this guy out." But he's done nothing but impress me. Eight and is eight and <laughs> You know, I don't. There's not very many people to go eight no, and he's sitting there right now. And um, and if you pull up the stats, I think he's he's got a little worse ERA than uh, than Jerpy does, but he's. I think up and down, he's doing just as, just as good of a job as pitching a contact. He's not going to strike out the dirt he's getting, but he's pitching a contact. He's doing a job. And uh, when you got the best defense in the country behind you, that's all you got to do. Um, and so, you know, it's the shout out to this pitching or this coaching staff. I mean, that's just doing a great job of developing these kids and, and just doing the little things right to get you, get you wins. Yeah, for sure. And you you mentioned Jerby here. He's got a two one three ERA on the year with an opponent batting average of one seventy four. Like you said, just a strikeout machine. One hundred and nine on the year. He's second in the country with only thirteen walks. Is what is so incredible about Jerp. He's dominated everybody that he's faced. What can you say about this kid? I, what can I say about him? He's the best <laughs> pitcher in the country. Come at me with somebody different. There's I'm right there better. with you. He's the best pitcher in the country. He does all the little things right. Uh, you know, he'll pitch the contact too, which is great uh, because it sets up a strikeout. He's just, if you watch his arm angle, he's not, he's not a guy. When you think about, I think you think of ace pitchers, you're thinking a guy about guys that are just coming and blowing you away. And yeah. he's not going to do that. He's no. only going to hit upper eighties, low, maybe he'll touch low nineties, but the way his, the ball is coming out of his arm, it's almost, it's almost like a sidearm action to it, mm. but it's, it's coming at such an angle that it's just, it's just straight to the side. Yeah. And so even though it's at 88, it looks like it's 95. Yeah. And so, and, and it's just, and he's pitching to the zone. He's hitting his spots. He's getting his strikeouts. Obviously he's got 109 strikeouts this year, which is insane for this early in the season. Um, and and like I said, when he's not getting his strikeouts, he's pitching and pitching the contact, which is what gets you strikeouts when you, uh, you know, you have to, you can't just sit there and, and take it. And because, uh, you know, you're, you're going down, you're going down. You know? Yeah, he's just, he's phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about him. 
And uh, but you you as much as great things I talk about him, you have to mention the defense line and the best de- uh, defense in the nation. They're doing like a 0.988 fielding percentage right now. I don't know what the updated number is from the from this last weekend, but they're they they absolutely back up their guy and they get the outs. And, uh, you know, it's just as baseball's baseball, you know, little things are going to happen. But uh, they're. The, especially as the season's gone on and some of these guys are stepping up, uh, it's just they're just they're great, man. Yeah, <laughs> they're the middle infield. Runs. That middle infield's a steel trap. Double plays all over the place. Uh, solid in and out. And Bazana, he's he's a great defender. Yeah, the uh, offense has been slacking a little bit as of late in Pac-12 season play, but uh, yeah, that kid's really good. Um, a lot of promise and you, you guys still have him for two more years until his junior year for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that hitting. Uh, how good are we? Uh, the Beavers were like a blind over team for me and a couple of the other guys that were following TCE. Um, they were an absolute wagon for us in February and early in March. The runs scored output has lowered a little bit here throughout the first weeks of Pac-12 season, but that's going to happen when you go into conference play. What can we say about the offense here and leading into uh, the final stretch of the road to Omaha? Well, that offense is what's going to win you a national championship. Um, and, you know, it's the, the pitching that gets you there and it's the pitching that keeps you into it uh, because the bats are inevitably going to cool off. That's just what happens every single year, especially this time of year. It's going to happen again come the, come the grind of Omaha. Um, but if you can consistently get guys on and do the right things, put the ball in play, all those little things you heard playing, playing junior ball, you know, little league and all that stuff is it's not a lineup that's going to blow you away. They're not going to yeah. come out and hit grand slams every single night. They're not going to put up 20 runs every single night, um, but they certainly have the ability to do it. And I think that's what makes them so scary is if you give them the opportunity, they're going to make you pay. Um, they, they get on base better than anybody. They draw a ton of walks. Um, and I think what really impresses me is the ability to bond. And that's something that's totally lost in today's game, even in the bigs. People don't like the bunt because it's not sexy. But guess what? When you get when you can draw a walk, you know, big shout out to to uh, to to Melton. And that guy is on base 43 times this season. That's every single game for everybody doing the math right now. Every single game he has reached base safely, which when your leadoff hitter is getting on every single game, good things are going to happen. He's getting on. You're bunting him over. He's in scoring position, and you got guys that can just put it in play. They're going to score, and there's more guys on this lineup that have double-digit steals this year. So they're, they're, you know, they're putting themselves in great position to, uh, to get to get little manufacture runs, and that's that's what's going to win you a national championship. Yeah, and for guys like me that uh, don't get the chance to watch Oregon State on the everyday basis because we don't live on the West Coast, a perfect example of that, he's playing in the major leagues right now is Stephen Kwan, uh, literally just out of this beaver factory, gets on base, on base machine, and he doesn't strike out often at all. Um, But yeah, I mean, Meckler, he's right there with him, high batting average, lots of steals, aggressive on the base pass, just 
uh, guys that you like to fill out a good college baseball roster. And that's kind of the baseball that I like. I don't like the whole selling out for the launch angle thing here in the MLB. What are you going to say? You're, you're well, it here. No, dude. So everybody goes to know. And, and it's, it's totally warranted because a guy started off so damn hot. Especially he, did. he was hitting so many home runs. But Melton is the definition of why I love this team. Because Melton, I don't feel like is that good. <laughs> and that might be a hot take. <laughs> because you look at his numbers, and you look, yeah, I, I did the same thing trying to prepare for this. I was looking down the numbers, so I knew what the hell I was talking about. Yeah. And I was like just blown away by the kid's numbers, because I don't believe he's this good. What his numbers are telling me and what I'm seeing are two different things. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you watch him, and a lot of that's because if you watch him play, the dude has the funkiest stance I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And he's, really he's like, a, he's like a, a stereotypical lefty that just looks awkward as hell. Uh, Kramer likes to give uh, Tua a hard time on the NFL side of things because he's a lefty and just looks like you can't play football. Melton's the same damn way. He looks like you shouldn't be out there, but he makes it work. And, uh, I, you know, I heard Mike talking to some of the, the scouts that are giving Melton a look right now, and they all say the same thing of, well, we got to fix this, we got to fix that. And then they all start watching him and they're like, well, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. It's like Hunter Pence in the MLB. He was the ugly, he did it the ugliest way, but whatever works, works for you, you know? Even fielding too, him running around there in center field. I'm like, dude, you're going to trip over yourself and break a bone. I yeah. don't know, but he makes think- it work. I think I've said it once on this podcast before. Uh, do you like a pro comp to Jerpy for Chris Sale? He doesn't have the velocity that Sale does, but that arm angle is pretty identical. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah, uh, Jerpy's going to be special. That's all. It's you know, that's just all there is to it. He's he's yeah. gonna you know, it's the the farm system's going to do its thing, and it might be a few years you're going to forget about him. He'll pop up again, but he's he's going to be special. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I love watching some of these MLB draft uh, shows and just gearing up for that because that's right around the corner here too and coming up in June. Um, But yeah, just some of the pro comps are a bit stretchy and I might be doing that with Jerp because he doesn't have the velocity that Sale does and he's uh, but I mean, sale and jerk, the way they dominate their competition is just something else. Um, but yeah, you were talking about some of Melton's stats. I wrote them down preparing for this uh, conversation as well. 10 home runs on the year, 368 batting average, 1131 OPS and 17 total bases. I mean, say like whether it's awkward or not, that's a five tool line right there. He's got some pop, he's got some speed and he's got a good average. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially those home run numbers, the majority of those home runs came in the first month of the season. Yeah. And then, and then he, he won an entire calendar month before he had another home run and finally yeah. got his 10. And then he hasn't won since. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, for the podcast, I'd use that in air quotes, but because <laughs> he's still hitting very, very well. He's still he's leading the, the uh, conference in RBIs. So it's hard to, uh, you know, have, it's hard to be, uh, you know, knock the guy too much when he's leading the conference in RBIs. He's doing the right things, putting the ball in play. But compared to what he was doing at the beginning of the season, he's in a slump. So if he gets right, especially as we go down the stretch here, I mean, that's going to, that's what's going to put this, this lineup over the top. And something that does help is setting yourself up with a national seed. And as we uh, 
start to close out this podcast, let's talk about what the Beavers have in front of them. Um, I do want to plug this though. You mentioned Kramer and you are wearing the sports gambling podcast shirt. So I wanted, I wanted to throw that in there. This guy knows his stuff and he's a huge fan. (laughs) So Kramer, Sean, he has my highest recommendation. So anyways, the toughest stretch of the season for the Beavers. I'm a a company man. I know how this works. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. The toughest stretch of the Beavers. Go Eagles. You're an Eagles fan out there out West? Hell no, I'm a Seahawks fan, but I, again, I know who I'm talking to. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> it, it, it's, it's in the bird family. We'll give you that. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for the good stuff, let's talk about the civil war. Mitch Canham's beavers have already beaten the ducks four two in a midweek game so far this season. Uh, but the squads will face off against each other four times in the next six days. How do you think Oregon state will fare against Oregon this week? That's it's tough, man. Um, it's, of course, Homer and me, big Beaver fan, hate the Ducks, fuck the Ducks. But this team, this team is good down south. I hate to admit it, but they're a very quality team that's coming into their own, just like the Beavers are. Um, and they're they're a very well run organization that has a lot of um, a lot of history following the same footsteps that Oregon State had. Um, you know, again, they they copied and pasted what Oregon State was doing yeah. um, to, to build their program. Um, you know, shout out to uh, Phil Knight for throwing some money in there to making that happen. But, uh, you know, Phil Knight is also responsible for keeping Pat Casey around when Notre Dame was trying to try to buy him out from us. So there's a lot of mutual respect between these two programs, for sure. Um but, it, you know, the Ducks are doing a really great job at, at, at keeping guys around in the state of Oregon and the Pacific Northwest, and uh, and it shows. There's a lot of talent out here. You look at both these rosters, there's a lot of guys from from Oregon, from the Pacific Northwest, from the Seattle area. They're staying home, and there's a lot of great talent out here. Um, and, uh, you know, I think – you look at, if you just compare the numbers looking down down the Ducks roster and the, and the Beavers roster, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of guys on the pitching staff that are just straight dealing right now. And it's not, it is, the, you know, it is the aces, but it's, it's not necessarily the starters going out. It's the guys that are coming in relief and, you know, during the dirty work, you know, late innings on the midweeks and stuff like that, that's putting these teams over the top. Um, you know, there's several guys on the Ducks roster, just like the like the Beavers roster, that can swipe bags and and are hitting for average and just doing a really great job. So, um, you know, you look at the numbers; these teams are very very similar, very comparable, and I, I think it, it's going to be the toughest series uh, of the season. Um, you know, do do respect to UCLA up on deck in Arizona. Um, you know, they're going to be tough outs too, but. Uh, this one's going to test us for sure. And I think that it's going to be a huge one for the Ducks too. I think if they, if they want to make something happen in the postseason, they need to, they need to make an impact here and, you know, take a couple of these games. Um, I hope if they take one, it's the midweek because it's a non-conference game. So it means yeah. nothing in a Pac-12 standings. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you get a good enough number on it, you might want to sprinkle some ducks because it's like I said, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be close and the ducks are going to fight. 
Yeah, it's just like college. I mean, it's college sports. You never know what's going to happen in these rivalries. That's what makes the sport and college sports in general so great because there's a ton of passion that flies through the bodies of all these players. And it's always nice when you have a blueprint just a few miles up the road. Uh, I always say the same thing when it applies to Michigan and Michigan State football because I'm such a big Michigan fan as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think same thing applies for almost every in-state rivalry around the country. Um, we talked a little bit, you talked a little bit about Arizona and UCLA. Uh, those are two of the top, I'd say four teams in the PAC 12 here. It really is a five team race. And, uh, with this tough stretch at the end of the year, I think it prepares you great for the PAC 12 tournament first year in play this year. How do you guys, or, uh, what are you most excited about for that? I mean, I, it is the first year that is happening, so. Yeah, it's the inaugural season. It's going to be in Arizona. Um, it's I'm curious to see how it goes. Uh, it was it's the the Pac-12 has always been unique in the sense that they don't they never have one to this year this to this point, and it's cost teams some bids, um, and I think it's also saved some teams as you know keeping a higher seed when you don't have to go out there and play. You can just yeah. you know you can have another conference series and you take that. Um, and you know, what's crazy about it is, yeah. So if you look at the PAC 12 standings right now, you got Oregon state, you have UCLA, you have Arizona and you have Oregon on the top floor. Oregon's only two games back. Arizona's yeah. two games back. UCLA's one game back. So, and here, you know, look at the Beaver schedule moving forward. We got Oregon two games back. We got Arizona two games back and we got UCLA one game back. Mm-hmm. So all these series are going to matter for all these teams. And it's, I don't think the PAC 12 could have possibly, there's no way because the PAC 12 sucks. There's no way they thought actually thought this out, but it couldn't have worked out any better for them of creating some really great baseball. Um, and they probably won't have it on TV. They'll probably dare a rerun of Colorado spring game or something, <laughs> but, um, but uh, Colby won't be happy <laughs> if it's Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> but uh yeah no it's going to create some some great theatrics here at the end of the season and then you'll uh you know of course going to the the conference tournament which would be a whole new avenue for us and uh yeah i'm sure that's going to help I'm, I'm i think the the conference tournament is really going to be beneficial for a stanford or uh um you know, even uh, a Cal, uh, if, if they can make a run in that in that tournament, sitting there kind of in the middle of the pack, that could really help them come postseason. Yeah. yeah, Cal has the pitching to do it. And Stanford, they've been slipping as of late. Who knows where, how far they are down if they're on the bubble right now. Um, but yeah, so as we ask every guest that comes onto this podcast, who do you think has the best chance to challenge your squad this year? Currently, OSU has the second best betting favorite to win the College World Series at plus 1,000. Off the top of your head, is there any other team in the Pac-12 or maybe around the country that impresses you enough to say, yeah, I think that they have what it takes to win it all in Omaha this year? Man, so here's the thing. and The Beavers... Well, so I've been a diehard fan my entire life, right? Uh, I grew up in Corvallis, uh, all but two years of my life. I've lived within a 30, 30 mile radius of, or 30 minute radius, excuse me. Um, I went to, to the great Oregon State University, AKA the Harbor of the West, um, you know, big, big beaver guy. Uh, I've watched these guys every single year 
And what's hard about it is the teams that I thought this is the greatest team I've ever seen. They, they go out and lose in the regional every, every year. The 2014 team was a great example. I thought that team was incredible. They were done, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they lost in heartbreaking fashion of just not showing up. Um, and so, and that's kind of the fun thing about baseball is anybody can be anybody more than any other sport. Um, you have to go out and play. You have to go out. It's not, you know, it's not the college football invitational. Uh, you don't, yeah. you know, a bunch of a bunch of men sitting around in a room aren't going to decide he's going to be the national champion. You got to go play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- you know, I think the Beavers are in a really great spot because of what they have built around them and the coaching staff. This coaching staff is just the resumes are incredible. Um, and uh, I think they're in a great spot to do it, but you just never know who you're going to get bit by. Um, and, uh, you know, you, the, the obvious answer here would be to say Tennessee, uh, just because they deserve it. They absolutely do. They're, they're yeah. tearing it up 13 and, or, uh, you know, only three losses on the year is just, that's video game numbers. That doesn't happen. Um, but I throw them in the same kind of category of what I'm talking about is they're going to get bit, <laughs> you know, I, I would be shocked. Yeah. I would, if it, it's, if it's Oregon state and Tennessee in the, in the national championship you know, finale, the three game series at the end of it, I will be shocked. Yeah. It's, it's not going to happen. It's yeah. not. So yeah. everybody said it last year with Arkansas and I keep, I keep harping on that on yeah. my podcast. It's just hard to believe that. I mean, a, a team that stacked doesn't have a big target on their back and doesn't get taken down in this tournament. Yeah. So I think if you're going to, you know, you're going to bet on it, take a look at a big number that you like and just roll the damn dice. Uh, you know, I love, a, I love the Gonzaga. I love uh, a GCU Grand Canyon has impressed the hell out of me this season. Take yeah. a shot on them. <laughs> you know? uh, it's, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to get some flack probably for this as people listen to it thinking I'm crazy, but it, if it's Tennessee and, and Oregon state in the finale, I, I'll eat my words, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Gonzaga, you can currently find that one at 4,000 plus 4,000. I remember, uh, I'm sold on them. I think I gave them out on a recent podcast and Grand Canyon. Where are we at here? Um, (laughs) I don't know if you can find a number on that one, but I like it. You got to pull out the good old control F for this one. Uh, see if they have it. Grand Canyon plus 15,000, baby. Let's go. Let's go Lopes. Yep, and they'll probably be a, a three seed and get totally shafted with a regional. But you know, you know what? If they can do it. They can get out of it. If they can get out of the regional, like, give them a shot. Yeah, you guys have faced that's a, the, that's a prop swap situation right there. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys have faced the Bulldogs so far this year. Have you faced Grand Canyon? Yes, and they yeah. beat us. Okay. Um. I mean, you know, they're a West Coast team. They could get shoved into your regional. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, the last ones that I saw D1 put out, I think they threw them in the Spokane Regional. So uh, I don't think you'll get a, an either. You, you won't be able to take both of them. But uh, And I think, you know, the, the Bulldogs will end up pulling it out getting that, that, that Spokane Regional. But, um, but yeah, man, you just never know. That's my whole point is you just never know. And yeah. uh, I, I, like, I like bigger long shots than I do chalky favorites. I love it. So thank you for coming on and chatting Oregon State Baseball with me, uh, Dryden. If you guys love Dryden on this podcast, go follow him on Twitter at Dryden Scott SG. That is D-R-Y-D-E-N Scott S-G. Dryden, anything uh, you want to part with? Any going words? 
Watch out for my beeves, baby. Let's go beeves. <laughs> Let's go beavers. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on and I'll stay in touch in the Slack channel. Uh, everybody join us. Uh, Dryden's given out a ton of different angles on these Pac-12 and Beavers games throughout the season. And I, uh, I mean, you're probably going to continue to do that, right? You're so knowledgeable on the Hell team. Yeah. All right. I yep. look forward to it. Have a great day. Okay. Let it ride. Okay, so that was such a great interview with Dryden. Um, he was texting me before and after that he's pretty nervous during it, but I thought he honestly killed it. He said he forgot to include one thing, and that he is going to the Saturday game where Oregon State is honoring Pat Casey against Oregon. That's such a cool moment, and I hope he has a blast at that game. And I thoroughly thank him for coming on the podcast and talking about some Beaver baseball. Um, but... Uh, as we wrap up this podcast, because I currently don't have any betting odds in front of me, it's sort of just useless me listing all of these games and half of them opening up so juiced and it's like my analysis doesn't even work. So what I want to do is first tell you about IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without using added security, you might as well give away your all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed for your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting 9 months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use and all you have to do is with the tap of one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com SGP. That's use, an pro oh, use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H, ipvanish.com SGP to get started today. Now, I do want to give you one game and one pick that you definitely will be able to bet on. Um, this is going to be my lock of the day, and it also comes in the biggest game of the day, in my opinion. On Tuesday night, I want to talk to you about Louisville, who is traveling down to Vanderbilt to play in the Battle of the Barrel. Uh, Louisville is the 10th ranked team in the nation according to D1 Baseball and this game will be played at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern in Nashville. Louisville rolls in coming off of a three-game sweep against Clemson and the Vandy boys lost their weekend series to Texas A&M. In SEC play, Vandy has been skidding. This is a big bounce back spot at home against good competition that will boost their tournament resume. Louisville's offense is always a threat, but I'm going to put my trust in Tim Corbin's squad that hasn't lost a midweek game all year. 
So I want to thank you guys for living the better experience of college baseball. And I will see you later on this week when we cover the weekend's games and do a whole betting preview on the top 25 matches and bettable games for the weekend. Thank you all for listening. Adios, amigos.